Hello! Welcome to the Fiverrton Acres Podcast. A humorous look at horticulture, husbandry, and... Homesteading! Yay! <laughs> Got two-thirds of that. I know. I don't know why it's so hard every time. Shut up. <laughs> I'm Rick. I'm Ashley. And we're Fiverrton Acres! <laughs> a humorous look at homesteading, husbandry, and horticulture. In, I think they're in a different order every time. <laughs> Nobody cares. See, see, nobody cares. <laughs> um, so, uh, farm updates. What have you been up to on the farm, Ashley? Oh, we're jumping right in. Hi. Are we supposed to do something else? Oh, hi. Cheers. We have tea. It's uh, nine on nine p.m. on Sunday. Finally, so getting. It's pretty much bedtime. I figure we get this podcast <laughs> out of the way. Uh. uh Oh, jinx. Uh, we, uh, it's, the weather has been surprisingly nice the last two days. It's been kind of ridiculously yeah. gorgeous. There was an hour of sunshine today, like a solid hour. Yesterday of was sunshine. like mostly sun and I know. above 60 degrees. I know. We went and cut down trees. And well, when he says we, not me. No. <laughs> uh, uh, we were doing the rabbits and uh, I see the, the neighbors. In the field, cutting down some trees. And, uh, well, first they were gathering up the dead trees that had fallen. And I, like, they were about to drag this one out with their tractor. And I was just looking at where they hooked up the, the tow line to it. And I was like, there goes our fence, Ashley. She's like, what? And I was like, they're about to destroy our fence in five, four, three... I was off. I got to three, and they went. The tree swung <laughs> around and took out the fence. Sheep fence. Luckily, Rocky was on the other side of the field, so he wasn't wasn't gonna charge them. But God, he should have. Anyway, uh, you take out a fence, you let loose right? whatever's in there. That's true. That is that is on you, my friend. Fencing. <laughs> it's not just to keep the animals in; it's to keep. Wait. Animals in <laughs> poop. Not just to keep the wait. It's not just out. to protect the animals from you. It's also to protect you from the animals. That's right. You got it. There we go. So if you you cross that fence. So Rick, I'm I have like four rabbits. Well, actually, I have two rabbits in a cage and two running around on the ground in the grass while I'm cleaning cages, and he runs off to. Fix the fence. And then I realized... And never came back. Yeah, I realized they, <laughs> they needed help doing the the trees. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about a bunch of farming things. But being an Oregonian from birth, there's one thing I know about. What's that? That's cutting down trees. <laughs> like, I yeah. I have done it. I, I, wish, I wish we could put in like the the one lumberjack song. Oh, well, I'm a lumberjack. That one. I'm a lumberjack. Baby. Oh, <laughs> lumberjacker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a lumberjacker. Oh, I have a true story about that song. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's crazy. You brought this up. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I've told you this. I roomed with a roommate. Lived with a guy named Jimmy. 
right? Uh-huh. Jimmy was a roadie. And uh, he was worked for some big roadie company or something. So he got to work with all these awesome, like, 80s metal bands, but in the 90s. <laughs> like okay. late 80s okay. early 90s metal mm-hmm. bands but he worked right. with them in the mid 90s to late 90s ah, I see. yeah okay so uh he was working for that band oh i don't remember who sings lumberjacker okay i'll look it up uh, while you're telling the story he was working for them and he was just moving speakers mm-hmm. and stuff like that and uh one day the head roadie guy comes up to him and he was like, Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, come here. Jimmy's like, what's up boss? And he was like, Oh, we need you to uh, tune up and main and like do some maintenance on the chainsaw. Jackal. Thank you. They were like, Oh, we need you to like do some maintenance and tune up that chainsaw for the show tonight. And Jimmy's like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's acting kind of funny. And the guy who usually does the chainsaw maintenance quit couple of shows ago so you know we need you to do that and jimmy's like what makes you think like i'm a speaker jockey man i just move speakers around what makes you think that i would know how to maintain a chainsaw they were like you're from oregon right like do you not know how well i know how but it's still you just shouldn't go assuming that everybody from oregon knows how to operate a chainsaw wait what it's not gonna it's is that part at the beginning? She's going to play a sound. This is just the chainsaw part. It's supposed to be just a... Oh, here they... Oh, he's holding up the chainsaw. I don't know. Maybe this isn't going to work. <laughs> I don't know how long we're allowed to play it before we get copyright infringement. He's just holding up the chainsaw. I thought he was going to do the With chainsaw Jimmy part. Jimmy retired. <laughs> oh. You can barely hear it. Here it goes. (laughs) (laughs) If you've never seen the video, you should totally watch the real video because it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I do have to give it to him that it's a great idea because it sounds awesome. I wonder how bad it's going to be when we replay it. That may all get edited out. (laughs) Maybe we could just find that sound sample and stick it in for Oh, maybe. That would be good. (laughs) If it comes out bad, we'll do that, so all of this will be pointless. So if it sounded good, we might have done Or maybe we'll leave all of this in and then play. doing the lumberjacker (laughs) anyway so the point is jimmy got put on that for the rest of the tour was on chainsaw maintenance (laughs) what did you do as a roadie (laughs) that's kind of kind of hardcore right that and he uh got in a fight with uh danzig that was the other thing he did as a roadie (laughs) yeah his claims to fame Right? Danzig busted my nose. But I but I gave him a bloody lip. So, you know. So hi, uh, this is Fiber Ten Acres. <laughs> podcast about uh, like farming and stuff. <laughs> we uh so yeah, I helped him uh cut the trees. Oh, right. down. That's what we're talking about. Uh and Oh, and I I did that all like all day. My arms are ripped up. Yes. From I should carrying take a picture. The, the stuff. The tree the 
logs and yeah, moving the trees. At one point, they trees. told Rick that he was carrying around poison oak. So yeah, yeah. Like, no, there was one point I was like, they were like, all right, get all these limbs. And so I was moving the limbs, and they were like, he was like, oh, that's poison oak you just threw. And I was like, dude, we didn't have poison oak where I'm from, man. Like, I have no <laughs> idea what that looks like. Thanks. Give me a heads up. <laughs> Thanks for telling me afterwards. Uh, so uh nothing itches nothing itches yeah so so it's distinctly possible some people don't aren't allergic to it so do you is it like bee stings where you have to be like a couple times before i wish that were so no just it takes 10 days your first time exposure it can take 10 days to know oh geez yeah well i finished doing rabbits and let my Pretty much Rory just ran around for an hour until I could catch him. Uh, and well, actually, he put himself away pretty much. He ran back up into the area. <laughs> and the reason we, we we thought it might be a decent day yesterday is because what well, was predicted to be a decent, some decent weather by the Farmer's Almanac. Wow. I don't know if good it was. Segue. I was trying to just, I was trying to segue us into what we were I was trying to figure out about. like a good way to say how that was a good segue. And then I just, I didn't. I know. Too bad segues job. don't make a specific noise. Like, like a yeah. motorcycle, you know, you can be like, wah. <laughs> or like, like a segue. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. A segue doesn't oh, make a noise. I get what like, you're saying. Is... <laughs> I thought you were saying like a sound effect specifically for segues. That'd be awesome, like like a bell that plays anytime you do a segue. But I get what you were saying now. Can we edit that out? No, that's staying. I'm crying. We should. Okay, we'll edit in a bell noise from now on for our ding. <laughs> No, it's our segue. <laughs> Maybe uh, when we do a segue, we just play like the really fast rap part of Rap God from Eminem. <laughs> That's our segue sound effect. Why? I was trying to think of something obtuse. Uh, okay. Did I succeed? Yeah. I succeed. Isn't there a weird Al song where he talks about <laughs> segues? The the vehicle segues. Sure Hi, this is Fiber and Acres. <laughs> Okay, we're just gonna edit all that out. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're talking about farmers' almanacs. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Um, all right, we should start at le histoire. Histoire. Thank you. That le histoire. Histoire. Today's episode will be in French. Everybody. <laughs> en français. Apparently, doing this at nine o'clock at night is. Maybe makes for awesome podcasting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, nobody knows. There's nobody no knows. way to know. No one because we don't. No any, one tells us afterwards. Nobody, nobody so. comes on the Facebook. <laughs> nobody comments on the blog no. except for Larry once. Yep. So. Um. Okay. So. So hi. Hi. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about farmers' almanacs. Okay, so we were talking about what we were going to do for our next episode, and I thought we should do something like you know, as we're moving into planting season and figuring out when to plant and all that kind of stuff. Something that had been used for a long time to help predict weather and planting season, I guess. 
and Rick's gonna sneeze. No! <laughs> Sorry about that. Continue. Uh, so I was curious to research the Farmer's Almanac. It turns out, actually, the Almanac uh, goes back to ye olde times. Yeah, like, like not just like not ye like oldie. ye olde Williamsburg uh, oldie times, but like uh, into the BCE. Yeah. Well, so the word almanac is apparently an Arabic descent of Arabic descent. It means a timetable of the skies, or in other words, calendar of the heavens, according to the Farmer's Albanac webpage. Well, according to mentalfloss.com, mm-hmm. who had a pretty, actually a pretty good article about Farmer's yeah, Almanacs, which I thought was great, so I read that. Uh, you, Everyone has a form of almanac in their house. Almost everyone, I guess. The Maybe calendar. fewer people now, but... Yeah. The calendar is basically, it's an almanac. Uh, I have it on the lock screen of my phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they're traditionally uh, annual publications that outline the days of the year alongside factors like sunrise, sunset, uh, holidays, moon phases, and solstices. Yeah. Um, so, our pagan friends out there, like, uh, you know, do we have any pagan friends? I have at least three pagan friends. I mean, I'm sure we have pagan friends. Right. I just can't name them off. That I could right. name them off right now. Maybe Doug, they don't want to be... Oh. Dane. Really? Yeah. Oh. And, uh... Third one. I'm sure... <laughs> Becky Sue Good Johnson. old Becky Sue Johnson. <laughs> uh... Oh, is, there it, were... is it Becky? Oh, never mind. I was about to side... It's about to derail there, but I'm not going to. Go ahead. There's definitely a sound for derailment. Yeah, it's two trains yeah. slamming into each other. <laughs> so that was about to happen. It's about to start seeing that. Uh, oh no, it's Bobby Joe Gentry, the homecoming queen. Is that? Oh, I have no idea. Bobby what you're Joe Gentry, the homecoming queen. It's a from a country song. Obviously, I almost just closed everything I was looking at for this so that I could Google <laughs> okay. that. But no. 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 Bad right? Uh So one of the other things they did was they would use celestial events to tell readers whether they would have good or la- bad luck on certain days. Uh, so basically like a horoscope. Right. Nowadays. And now, I guess as they evolved, they did start having horoscopes in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, or astrology. Astrology, yes. Uh, in up to the seven in the seventeenth century, the up to the into the in the seventeenth century. <laughs> this is a good song. Thank you. Up to uh, the only publication that was more popular than almanacs, yeah, were Bibles. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Do you have any any more well, old history? Because I've got were, some more. Okay, I'll give a little bit. So uh, there's like. A lot of history in almanacs, um, but uh, in, in no history really of like worldwide almanacs because it's <laughs> probably just too much. Oh, I have some. Uh, well, there's some, but like no like concrete, you know. But um, before you jump into yours, uh, the uh, old farmer's almanac website. They talk about um, some now research let's, they've let's, done. Let's 
clear this up off the bat. Okay. The two largest almanacs mm -hmm. in America, two most popular, are... Old Farmer's Almanac. And, well, well, if you have the Old Farmer's Almanac, Almanac, what happened? What's, what's the other one? The Farmer's Almanac. <laughs> Which, the Old Farmer's Almanac was the Farmer's Almanac until they changed their name to Old Farmer's Almanac, and then a new publication of the of the farmer's almanac came out. So this will go. get confusing <laughs> to everyone. Uh, but I did a lot of research on the old farmer's almanac website and uh, they talked about um, publications like some of the newspapers and other publications would have almanacs in them. Um, like the world almanac, the reader's digest almanac, the information please almanac. <laughs> and uh, there was a Milton Drake of New York city who worked for some 25 years just to list titles of the American almanacs. And according to his bibliography, it includes some 14,000 entries and represents holdings all over the place. I won't list them all because it's She listed long. them to me earlier and it I... It keeps going and my going. My eyes but it's pretty, yeah. it was, It's a long list. But, yes. Which I just thought that was interesting. Oh, Totally. Uh, well, here's, here's a couple for okay. you. Uh, there's the early texts I was talking about that mm -hmm. were considered to be almanacs yeah. and found in the Near East, dating back to the middle of the second millennium BCE. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like equidistant from the year zero that right. we are now. That's crazy. Uh, so anyway, they, those were, uh... They were the Babylonian almanac. Uh, List favorable and unfavorable days with advice on what to do on each day. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh, today is a good day to go shopping. Or like, today is a good day to plant corn. Or today is a good day to sacrifice a goat. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but you know what? It's always a good day. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, then the Egyptians did the same thing, only they separated their days into thirds, and they would say what was good in each third of the day. Oh wow! Yeah, they got real specific. They, yeah, they're Egyptians, man. They, they they had writing, and they were they were ready to go. They were ready to go. They had all their stuff together. <laughs> uh, so I also about some of the early stuff. So, uh, to be honest, I took a few screenshots mm -hmm. and some of it I highlighted and I just was tapping the screen to try to make the highlight go away, but <laughs> it won't do it because I took a screenshot. Uh, an almanac maker going under the pseudonym of Poor Richard, Knight of the Burnt Island. Wait, we have to do this in this fashion. This one was a better way of saying it. Oh yeah, and we were going to list This is a almanacs. different one. Okay. Well, I uh, want you to reveal who it was. No, this isn't that. Because oh, okay. this guy named Poor Richard, Knight oh. of the Burnt Island, began to publish Poor Robin's Almanac. Oh. One of the first comic almanacs that parodied the horoscopes, uh, all the horoscopes mm -hmm. of the previous ones, in his 1664 issue. Uh, and he said, This month we may expect to hear of the death of some man, woman, or child, either in Kent or Christendom. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently that was a thing back then, was like, 
the uh, other people would publish like mock almanacs. That's awesome. When I had asked you about the list of almanacs and the I can't remember which where we got this one. I'll have to go back. And oh, it's from Wikipedia. Oh, okay. They said Wikipedia. This is like their uh, notable almanacs. Right. There's like millions. But they said one of the <laughs> first was published in New England in 1639. The first American almanac. Right. It was, and it, that actually... By William Pierce. By William Pierce. And it's actually the second thing to be published in America. Oh. Or in the colonies. The other was the Freedom Papers. Oh, wow. So that's that almanac. Right, was the second thing published here. And then the earliest surviving copy was from 1659. And that's at the National Archives. You can Which go visit that. Cool. I want to yeah. go visit it. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of cool. It is kind of awesome. <laughs> what year is that from? 1659. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, I am surprised when I see a toy at the antique store from 1959. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, how did it make yeah, it this how did, long? Because I have stuff from 1989 that I, like, I'm like, I wish I still had that. I wish I had lost it. I'm always surprised. Like, I have... Uh, like a stuffed animal that I was given to me at birth, I still have somehow. See, you're that per. I don't have anything I was born with. I've lost everything. <laughs> like at some point, like seriously, some people like uh, antiques roadshow. They're like, this has been in my family for generations, and I'm like, I need to tell my family not to pass anything down to me. Like, just like, like no. pass it down to me, maybe. Yeah, pass it to Ashley, because I'm going to lose it. I literally have a whole new set of everything than I have ever had. <laughs> My stuff is all new since, like, four and years. This sweater is the oldest thing I have right now, and it's from, 2000, it's from 2010. <laughs> uh, so, U.S. Almanac. Sorry, real quick. Yes. I just have to explain to them. it. It's, like, from a sporting event that I was in, and it has the date on it. We're not both just weirdos who remember <laughs> when, when I bought a <laughs> We know the sweater. exact time yeah. we buy every hoodie that uh, we bought. Oh, you bought that February 7th, 2010? Remember that? That sweater? No, it has the date on the sleeve. perfect as witnesses in... <laughs> <laughs> the trial because we remember everything we did every single day which is weird because i lose everything i've ever owned i can remember losing it okay moving on uh the u.s almanac where was that printed hey oh 1776 yeah weird I know that's when it started. I think uh, if I if I remember correctly, that one uh, is still printed, but it's a small print. Oh, not like, like not like small all. print, but like like instead of Pokemon, just collect all the almanacs. Somehow that's actually more nerdy. <laughs> than Pokemon. Uh, okay, you might be right. Uh, so, uh, seventeen ninety two. Uh, is when the Farmer's Almanac started. In, uh, do, do you mean... Well, in 1836, it changed its name to Old Farmer's Almanac. So, but somehow, the Farmer's Almanac was published in 1818 in New Jersey. So it must have been, like, separate Regional. places. Yeah. And also, you can't copyright the name of a... Uh, oh, because they were all book, Farmer's Market? Right. Or Farmer's Market. Farmer's Almanac. <laughs> 
But I think you can't copyright a book title. I don't know. If I'm not mistaken, I've heard that before. That's like, okay. In 1819 to 1968 was the main Farmer's Almanac. Like M-A-I-N or M-A-N-E? I don't know. You told me and I just wrote it. It's Maine the the state. (laughs) Oh, see. Uh, and then this was the fun fun fact you gave me. Uh, okay. The Rhode Island Almanac was published in 1728 by James Franklin. Oh. Good old James Franklin. Yeah, everybody. I had a Everyone James knows. Franklin stove when I was growing yeah. up. <laughs> but then five years later, his, his bro is what I wrote down. His it's, bro, it's, Benji. No it's, no, it's his brother, Benjamin. His bro, Benji. <laughs> Benji Frank started his own. Get out of here. Your face. It hurts. Started his own called Poor Richard's Almanac. What? what? Is that one still around? No. Okay. No, it was like stopped in like 1794. When his bro Benji Franks passed away. Or <laughs> when Ben. Benji Frank's pathway. I don't know. <laughs> All uh, right. Well, that's my history. <laughs> uh, so, well, I've got another one for you. Okay. Uh, Benjamin Banneker was a free African American, and he composed a series of almanacs from 1792 to 1797. A series. So but I mean, he he was a freed slave, and he was doing. Oh that. yeah, that's cool. Uh. And what else do I got here? I have that um, they believe the distribution of almanacs in colonial America was largely conducted through country peddlers and bookshops. Um, well, that makes sense. Do you know, that's a totally, um, is that off their website? Yeah. Because you know what that is? That's a uh, Madden. See, it's now what the, obvious. the way they were sold was by people who sell things. <laughs> Specifically books and things. But it said often a printing establishment would have it its own bookshop. Yeah. <laughs> so that would make sense. Uh, and then they said most of the early almanacs were printed on one sheet of paper with eight pages on one side and eight on the other. Oh, no, that's that's it. Oh, so there'd have been like a big a big sheet. And okay. A bunch. Of them. <laughs> uh. It also says that. A great many of the bookstores, particularly after 1800, had their own names printed on the front covers of the almanacs that they sold in their shops. And this practice sometimes led to editions that would be localized by extra advertisements and text wrapped around the original almanac. Oh. So they started doing local advertisements. Uh, well, we should tell people a few of the major topics covered. Oh, yeah. Uh, so back then... It had a lot of uh, geography, government, demographics. Like the some of the earliest like American published demographics were in the almanacs. Mm-hmm. Uh, agriculture, economics, business, health and medicine, religion, mass media, transportation, science and technology, and sports. Which fun. I think back then wouldn't have included football or baseball or soccer. 
I don't think any of those were sports yet. Like croquet? Maybe, maybe then? croquet. <laughs> pro, the pro croquet circuit. <laughs> That's right. What sports did they have back then? Oh, pushing a, a loop with a stick. That's right. That was the, a sport the, back then. Pushing the loop with the stick. Olympics. <laughs> that was a thing, right? <laughs> uh, there was also other almanacs that were like specific, like the Almanac of American Politics and stuff like that, but those oh, they had aren't like specific so, yeah, topics. Yeah, but those those aren't so neat, you know, as the farmers' almanacs were. Uh oh, however, when it does come to almanacs of like world facts, uh-huh, those kind of things, here's a good one for you. Okay. From nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety, uh-huh. approximately fifty three percent of all almanac sales in the United States were sold they weren't actually sold. As the almanac, they came along with a purchase. They were the extra They were bundled, goodie. yeah, with the computer game, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Which I totes had. Yeah, it came with the world I almanac. I don't know if we got the almanac. And book of Maybe facts. we were gypped and didn't get the almanac. Your parents probably bought it at the Goodwill, like my parents did. Because <laughs> you notice it was from 85 to 90. We probably both had it in 97. Oh, that's true. <laughs> 12 years later. But it was a really fun game. I it love... totally was. I want to dress up like her for Halloween one day. Year. But, uh, so I was looking through, again, the old Farmer's Almanac. Uh, on their history stuff, and they were talking about the different, like, editors they've had. And I love this one. They have, uh, like, they go through, it's a bunch of different um, editors. And it wasn't until 1861 when Charles Flint became editor. He provided his readers with heavy emphasis on farming. So that was 1861. But then... They like this. The greatest of all almanac blunders. What they do. Roger Scaife, who was appointed editor in 1936, he committed the greatest blunder of all almanac blunders. He dropped the weather forecast. What? In their place, he substituted temperature and precipitation averages. And they said, quote, the public outcry was so great that he reinstated the forecast in the next year's edition, but it was too late to save his reputation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of the weather forecast part. Yeah. uh, Farmer's Almanac. uh, So this is the Farmer's Almanac, not the old Farmer's Almanac, which is the one. Before you get too modern, though, let me know before you go into modern times. I'm a, oh, well, their forecaster uh-huh. is always referred as this, referred to by the pseudonym Caleb Weatherby, and they will not say who it actually is, Yeah, and he's the seventh one. Oh, see, the old Farmer's Almanac claims that, uh, that the, obser- that they got their weather off the observations of the first, uh, editor who is Thomas, Robert B. Thomas, who used a complex series of natural cycles to devise a secret weather forecasting formula, which brought uncannily accurate results. And, and he said, even today his formula is kept safely tucked away in a black tin box 
At the Almanac offices in Dublin, New Hampshire. Well, the Farmer's Almanac, mm -hmm. their method is a top-secret mathematical and astronomical formula that relies on sunspot activity, tidal action, planetary position, and many other factors. Interesting. I was going to say, too, before we jump into the new, new stuff. Uh, I lost that. Done uh, with that page. That page is gone. Uh, in 1942, a German spy was apprehended by the FBI after being after landing on Long Island uh, by you. Where do you land? Long Island. Thank you. Sorry, Long Island. Landed on Long Island. Uh, so the impact was felt by the old farmers almanac people because it was there was a copy found in this. German spy's coat pocket. And the government speculated that the Germans were using the almanac for weather forecasts, which meant that the book was indirectly supplying information to the enemy. And uh, the um, uh, editor at the time had to basically convince them that it was okay that they continue to publish and that it wasn't a code of wartime or it wasn't a violation of the code of wartime practices for the American press. <laughs> cause this, cause the, at least the old farmer's almanac has never missed a publication. Yeah. Just... No, neither is farmers. Okay. Yeah. Continuously published. So, uh, today a lot of the ones, you the know, one. the almanacs, they have seasonal weather predictions, tips for household management, entertainment like puzzles and jokes and recipes and stories. Uh-huh. Uh, so the old farmer's almanac does a one-year weather prediction. Okay. Whereas the farmer's almanac does two-year. Oh, okay. And both claim to have roughly 80% accuracy <laughs> with their uh, formulas. However... For farmers, I mean, it's not it's not really used by farmers nowadays. Like, you know, at the time, the farmers market what or farmers market, farmers almanac was intended for farmers because before the um, according to modern farmer, before the era of modern weather forecasting, it was the best resource for farmers uh, to know like weather shifts idea, yeah. and weather patterns and planting times and general agricultural reference points. But, you know, nowadays that's not really, I mean, we can get better localized weather. Uh, I just like this in the modern farmer. They also said, it's not like the almanac is spouting gouts of weather misinformation. This is a quote. If such a thing could even be harmful, they're just playing the odds. And, like, it's true, like, you know, basically you look at the odds of... Yeah, no, I looked uh, earlier at the Farmer's Almanac's predictions for this winter, because I wanted to see if they predicted the California thing. No, they predicted that California was going to be dry and the drought would persist. So they missed that one. They sort of missed. But they did say Canada was going to be cold and snowy this year. So... 
And I think that happened. That's, I've seen pictures of Canada in August, and it's cold and snowy. So it's, uh, good job. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so real quick, uh, the according to Mental Floss, back mm-hmm. to that Mental Floss article, <coughs> uh, they wrote, they asked, where is it? Oh, no. Oh no. Uh, Jan Null, a certified. I bet if I bet it's Jan. Jan. If it's the man, oh. that's my guess. Uh, so he said it's. He said it's correct on the order of twenty-five to thirty percent of the time. Uh, yeah. With his studies, so I took <laughs> a meteorology class in college. The and first my, time around. Shut up. <laughs> My professor, uh, Just saying. He, he was a meteorologist, and he said that the three-day forecast is pretty accurate. You're off by a matter of degrees or mm-hmm. millimeters of rain, of precipitation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, certain amount of degrees, certain, and you're it's going to do the thing you say within the margin of error that you say, right? Right. Uh, then you have the five-day forecast that people do, and that's like off- like one, you know, a, uh, let's say a standard deviation. Like, uh-huh. you know, most of the time it's going to hit within the boundaries you guess. The 10 day forecast, you might as well go ahead and use the farmer's almanac because even a 10 day forecast with all our modern equipment is a guess. It's a good guesstimate, right? Unless you happen to live pretty much where we live. And a little east, or a little west of here. Why? So, uh, (laughs) weather comes from the coasts Mm -hmm. in, and so, like, Kansas is, like, the easiest weather. Because it's right in the middle of the country. You have all these weather stations, everything's passing on its way to get to you. They have the most information. Whereas, like, California, Oregon weather, or New York... It just, like, shows up <laughs> off the coast. Although, I mean, California is pretty much sunny, except for yeah. when it's not. Oregon weather is the hard one, he was saying. Yeah, I could see that. Um. Oh, there was a quote in here I totally liked. Okay, found it. Okay. They're talking, this is talking about they're saying that they use sunspots and mm-hmm. glo- the position of the globe and... Uh, astro- astrological charts or astronomical st- astrological mm-hmm. uh, so according to mental floss this is uh, the meteorologist they talked to a meteorologist at the National Weather Service right mm-hmm. and they say our elliptical orbit and the position of the planets has little if any effect on the weather here's what they said in quotes we are closest to the sun during uh, during the Northern Hemisphere winter. This obviously does not prevent us from getting cold. Actual winky face from the National really? Weather Service. <laughs> There's also a slight wobble in the Earth's tilted axis, but the cycle is also... Oops, the cycle of this wobble is extremely long, on the order of hundreds or thousands of years, and thus would have even less of an effect 
unseasonal winter conditions. Yeah, that's pretty good. And the tides, they say like, oh, we calculate in tides. They said that tides go in and out six times a day, so or every six hours. Right. So. Yeah, and I can see like <laughs> back in the day having a tide table. Well, no, having, having a tide table, but not count, not putting it into your weather predictions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like knowing when the solstices were, knowing when. Right. That's important stuff. Yeah. For like, farming. Now it's harder to, or eat way much harder. It's much easier. Opposite of harder. To find stuff and get really localized information that for farmers, like, you know, when we were in California, they talk about microclimate a lot. Oh my goodness. Every but 10 minutes. They really there. did have microclimate. Oh yeah, and no, it was crazy. We would drive from, her parents lived 15 minutes away. Yeah. And you would be out there freezing your butt mm-hmm. off, which... California freezing. Yeah, so we're we talking now 50. know that's this. We're talking it's <laughs> Yesterday 50. I was in a tank top and I was like, or in a t shirt and I was like, oh my gosh, I'd be bundled up in California. <laughs> yeah, so you would be there at their place 15 minutes away, freezing. It's 50. You drive home and you, you like get ready for bed and you can't sleep because it's too hot in the house because it's 65 where you are. Yeah. Like there was like 10, 15 degree temperature differences. Like, and precipitation changed a lot in the different areas as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, one town would get, like, a quarter inch of rain, and you would get, like, nothing, like, yeah. a little bit away. By the way, quarter inch is a lot there. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. They're getting much more than that right now, though. They're they're being hit pretty hard. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, those are things that are going to be a lot more important to farmers now. Uh, for those of you that are non-farmers listening. Uh... And those of you who are farmers listening, go ahead and watch the weather channel. <laughs> I would recommend that. But I love the whimsy of right. the farmer's almanac still. Well, like, so the other stuff they have is really fun. They have yeah. like housekeeping cl- uh, tips that are fun, like homey uh, yeah. uh, like ideas. They have good natural, recipes. Like, yeah. And, uh, and funny little tidbits of information i love to put those in people's like letters that i'm sending people just funny little things from the farmer's almanac because i think that's just fun (laughs) yeah totally still worth buying like we still buy it Uh we just don't go off their weather i love to see what they put as the weather predictions and stuff like that because it's kind of interesting to see if uh if they're doing a good job yeah. Sorry, I got distracted by my cat who walked in looking like she was going to beat up the dog. But she but didn't. She did not. <laughs> Last night, Rick's cat was found in Rick's underwear drawer after six hours of being in there. <laughs> she was in my underwear drawer. That's my update from the farm. Really I woke late. up at 1 a.m. At 1 to go outside and try to find her because she hadn't come in yet. I woke up at 4 a.m. to do the same, and I couldn't figure out why there was a scratching noise coming from <laughs> down below Rick's bed somewhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what that's what she do. Sorry, I totally changed the subject. Uh, I think we were done talking yeah, about the, far- I think the, we were probably... the farmer's almanacs. So there's two main ones, the farmers and the old farmers. I'm more of an old farmer's almanac girl. <laughs> Personally. I'm more of a Google guy myself. <laughs> Personally, just like the Google. I'll just Google it. 
Google it. Yeah. Uh, if you are a farmer, oh my goodness, you should sorry. let us know if you use the almanac and what you like to use it for. What? Okay. No. <laughs> what? I was. <coughs> okay, so I'm stuck out here, and I've been watching a lot of Parks and Rec. I've been rewatching it, and I forgot that when the people came from out of town and they. Like kept asking questions, people would be like, "Oh, let me just uh, look that up on Alta Vista for you." <laughs> like, oh yeah, Alta Vista. That <laughs> finally, at one point, like, what is with this town? This <laughs> is Alta Vista. <laughs> I thought we it was both good... love Parks and Rec, so oh, if you great... haven't watched that, oh, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's my only friend. It, it's <laughs> out it's here currently right Rick's yeah. friend. <laughs> Ashley works. Uh, so I'm stuck here taking care of animals and watching my parks and rec. Gotta watch my shows. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? I'm watching my shows. <laughs> so. It's like uh, a ramen. I don't know. I'm watching my shows. <laughs> I watch Judge Judy sometimes. No, it's not Judge no, you Judy. Hate Judge I Judy. hate Judge Judy. It's Judge Julia Milan, the people's court. <laughs> <laughs> That's. So Rick has, we got to get another vehicle for Rick is what the (laughs) horrible story is. Uh, So everybody, that's what's new here at the Fiberton acreage. Did you have any, did we already cover fences? Yeah, we covered fences when they took out my fence. (laughs) Always my fence. It's always my fence. Oh, no. Actually, also in an episode of Parks and Rec, they built uh, a wall between Eagleton and Pawnee in the middle of one of their parks because the two parks touched and the Eagletonians put up a big fence to keep out the Pawneeans. Oh. But the people from Pawnee just painted their side of it like it was a baseball fence. Fence? The fence. We don't sports ball much. No. Uh, the the thing you hit it over and it's worth a point. <laughs> it's worth a run of homes. Home run. <laughs> they painted it to look like that to take advantage of the situation. They built the baseball diamond. Well, that's this weekend fences. <laughs> Rick's. You get good, uh, positive things from Parks and Rec. That's why we like it. <laughs> when things don't quite go your way. Make lemonade. Okay, I think <laughs> we've got uh, new products going up on the website. Uh, probably today, while this is up, uh, they'll be up here today or tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna do t-shirts soon, so if you're interested, like submit. The last, like five. Times. Yeah, I know they have to submit some ideas to us. Oh, yeah. Maybe your get idea will get chosen for a shirt design. Yeah, do that, people that listen. Send and, it to info oh, at fibertonacres.com. This is episode 11. You just Dude. interrupted me while I was saying our, our info email. at <laughs> fibertonacres.com. That's I N F O at the name of the podcast you're listening to. <laughs> dot dot com. com. What, Rick? Uh, oh, see, you shouldn't have stopped me from interrupting. I forgot now. Uh, Shirts? No. I don't got telling it. Telling us that. Info? No, I don't. Oh, episode 11. Yes, that we're, is what we're on. We are at like over 300 
or uh, we're almost at 300 plays. Really? Yeah. Wow. They thank you, everybody. Seemed like a lot uh, for, you know, some of your, some of your bigger podcasts out there. Your, your Sawboneses and your My Favorite Murders and your Night Vale. And Night Vale, but. Lord. Yeah. But for like, that's, that's, I am proud of that. I'm proud of it too. I'm proud of I you. I think we're, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. No, I'm proud of you. No, we can't be proud. No, this one is proud. Okay. Because okay. we've done the work together. Okay. Yeah. So we can be proud. Yeah. Okay. Not impressed. I'm also impressed. Me too. Okay, good. I'm impressed with our listeners. I know. For sticking with us. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Wow. I'm Aww, so flattered. Wow. You guys. Oh, guys. You're so sweet. Aw. So, uh, keep, keep sending your love this way if you would and and make sure to follow us on our social meets we have a uh, twitter instagram uh, really lit pinterest yep <laughs> yep facebook uh is there another one patreon you can support oh, us on there you get extra bonus content we're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. If you listen on iTunes, make sure to... Everyone rate and review, man. Come on, people, please. It helps other people you. find us. It really does. Uh, and, of course, we're also on SoundCloud. And uh, you can check out our blog. Blog.fiber10acres.com. Or also you can go to fiber10acres.com backslash blog. I found out. Yep, either yep, one. Same one. So, okay. Yeah, slightly different formatting because I posted on two different things, but. <laughs> I think I'm done. I'm tired. Yep. Uh, it is like 10 o'clock now, so. And with that, I think it's time to say our thank you and goodbyes. So, thank you to all the apparatus for our intro and outro. This wonderful song here. Yes, this yeah. song that's starting to play as we speak. The Aeronaut. And thanks all of you. Have a great night. Good night. Good night.